Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. And we're off on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you, coming to you from coast to coast as always. I'm out here live at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael out there in Jersey, just a little ways away from Philly. And yes, we have plenty of NFL news and notes. Thursday night football, we're going to get to a great show on tap. But because thematically, Michael, I've started every other show this week with something Philly themed. Tonight's the night, opening night of 76. Sixers yeah. basketball. I see Opening that smile on your face. Off. Yeah, I can't wait to flip the channel in the third quarter, see him down by 12. I can't <laughs> wait for that. Yes, I can't. I can't wait for that. Then they'll make a run and get back in it and lose by 14. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fully prepared for this. I'm ready to go. We kept. I like that we kept Harden at home. I mean, like, yeah. who needs them? Like, you know, like, you just can't waltz in and out. Like, either you're all in or you're all out. And so I'm good with that. And so leave them there. I, t- I would have traded them long ago. They backed themselves into a corner. Yep, yeah, he misses so the last now, 10. He misses the last 10 days. He's back with the team. But then they're like, actually, no, you can stay at home. We'll do these first two without you. No worries, my friend. And apparently, yeah. too, the, the Clippers have just put a pause on those trade talks now that the season started. Well, look, why would the Clippers do anything but that? They're in the full, you know, he wants to go the Clippers. The Clippers don't want to give up anything. Why should the Clippers give up anything? Now, the only thing is because of the trade and the salary cap, the Clippers have to do stuff. But they don't have to do anything that they feel they don't want to do. So, you know, it's Philly's problem. I mean, this is two years. Philly traded a guy who didn't want to be here for a guy who didn't want to be here. Yeah, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. It's hard to duplicate that twice. But they did. Somehow, some way, they did. You know, you missed the little nugget I had about Al Henry, the the center from Wisconsin, when they called him on the phone and said, we've made you the first pick overall, the 12th pick of the draft. He said, what, are you kidding me? I mean, come on. This is the franchise. This is what we're dealing with. Michael, even if it's a sarcastic smile, it's a smile nonetheless to get us going here on the Lombardi line. But Yeah, here we go. We, Let's go football today. We got Baker Mayfield in the Thursday night gig. I can't wait. That we do. What everybody has Mayfield. been waiting for, Michael. No question. And we, do, we have yeah. a full slate of games this week. 
which is nice. No buys. The bye weeks are actually taking a buy. And it all starts tonight on Thursday night in prime. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Buffalo Bills going head to head. We've seen this number creep up. The Bills now laying nine in this spot, Michael. Total 43 and a half. As for your boy Baker, he's officially listed as questionable with a knee this week. Didn't practice much, but he says it's an inflammation and pain tolerance thing that dates back to week four. He's going to play, according to all reports. Chris Godwin also reportedly good to go despite popping up on the injury report with a neck injury. Should have no limitations. For Bucks, though, Vita Vea, truly a 50-50 game time decision. One of the Bucks key players up front on defense, obviously. Then on the Bills flip side, we learned earlier this week Dawson Knox has to had to have surgery coming out of his surgery for that wrist. The report is he's likely headed to injured reserve. Defensive tackle Ed Oliver, who missed last game with a toe, is questionable for tonight. But Von Miller says that he feels good after only playing six snaps last week. He's been kind of just slowly easing into things since the ACL. Now that we have the injury updates out of the way, Michael, thoughts on this game and the movement toward the Buffalo Bills in this spot as that number has continued to grow. We're seeing even 10 here at Circa where I'm broadcasting from. You know, I think this is more of a move uh, against Tampa than it is a move. For, how, I don't know how you can move towards Buffalo. It, it's not an aberration. They haven't played well in the last three weeks. They haven't played from in front. I mean, anytime a team gives up 5.3 yards on the ground rushing to an opponent, they're going to be in the game. I mean, they're going to be in the game. They started the game against New England in their nickel front with two small linebackers. Bernard, now they moved Dotson up in there. Uh, you know, they had to put uh, – they, they took the rookie out, Williams, and they put Dotson in, who's a kid they got from Texas A&M. He's a college free agent. But they certainly can move the football. Tampa will move the ball. Tampa has struggled to run the ball most of the year. But they'll be able to move the ball. The matchup that favors Tampa is who's going to guard – Conley in the slot. Johnson tried to guard Douglas in the slot last week. He couldn't do it. Then he went on Gusecki. He couldn't do it. Look, and so if if they can protect him without Ed Oliver, without mm-hmm. Daquan Jones, they should be able to. I, I think Baker can have a good game. It's summer-like weather back here, Stormy. It's going to be 65 in Buffalo tonight. Yeah. So wind and weather is not going to be a factor. And when you look at the only thing that concerns you is, is obviously Baker being able to handle the moment and handle nighttime when he when he's when he's on the road and and he's on short rest, you know, and so I think that's going to be the only concern. Yeah, and he did at least say that he feels like this offense is ready to start making a turnaround back for the positive. And again, this is a Bills defense that made that New England offense look competent last week, which hasn't been easy to do for teams recently. And you mentioned DaQuan Jones, so as we were talking about injury. Yes, of course, you know, the ones that we're keeping an eye on today with Ed Oliver and how Von Miller is going to participate. But yeah, you still have those season ending injuries to account for, too, on the defensive side with Daquan Jones and Trey White and Matt Milano, which has been a huge hole. Um, And also, Michael, I think for the Bills, the first half of these last three games where they've struggled have been really, really slow starts. Is that something that you think might continue today if the Bucs can find something early? Because, I mean, 10 total points combined over the last three first halves for Buffalo. And they have to play from in front because it's cause and effect. The reason they give up so many yards on the ground is because they are a nickel defense and they want to play from in front. But this game tonight will feature, and I don't think anybody would get this on Jeopardy or any other question, is this game features the two most intercepted quarterbacks since 2018. Ooh. Josh Allen's got 67 interceptions. Baker's got 68. 
I mean, that's the most. And, and Allen's got 55 fumbles over that time. Look, Allen's sensational. He does things that no one else can do. There are times when you're watching him play, it looks like he's a senior, he, he's a, a pro player, and he's playing against seventh graders. I mean, it's hard to get him on the ground. But this Bucks defense is pretty good. They'll have a hard time running the ball in the Bucks, especially if Vita Vey plays. And they're going to have to make plays in the passing game. I, I, I don't know how Buffalo, after playing poorly for three weeks, is a nine-point favorite yeah. against anybody. I think that's that's the marquee thing here right now, Michael, because I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. Can't wait to back them. That's that's not how I feel. But I find it very, very hard to believe that based on the type of performance that we've seen from Buffalo, that they're going to just get it together against Tampa. Like last week was an off week for the Buccaneers. I thought that they were going to be um, I, I truly thought going into that game that they were going to beat Atlanta. That's that was my thought. Obviously, that ended up not coming to fruition. But I feel like they're better than what they showed last week and the bills have been on just this kind of awkward decline where it feels like they're sleepwalking through games and all they really have is josh allen putting on the superman cape yeah i mean there's been no evidence that they played well i mean we we kind of dismissed it in jacksonville because of the the trip right they start slow they don't convert a couple third downs early in that game. Then they come back and they play the Giants at a night game, and we just dismiss it as, okay, they're taking the Giants lightly. Okay, where's the wake-up? Where's the cold water on the face? They go into New England, a team they've dominated, and frankly, it took heroic effort in the fourth quarter to get them back into the game. It took Allen to make some incredible throws, and then they give up the lead. Like I think we have overvalued Buffalo's. I, I keep saying this. Buffalo is a good team. They have average talent with a great quarterback. So they, you, you think they're better than they really are. Can't tackle very well. I mean, the first play of the two-minute drill, Stevenson takes it 30 yards on a swing pass. You know, Rap can't get them on the ground. Their safeties are both over 30. Like, this is a team that is not just blessed with great talent. Milano was talented, and he covered up a lot of the plays for him. So was Daquan Jones. They lose him. Now, Von Miller says he's ready to go, but from what I've seen of Von Miller in the seven plays he played last week, he's not ready to go yet. He doesn't look like he's got that juice. He may have it tonight. We'll see. Another interesting note, Michael, you talk about the the turnovers with both of these quarterbacks. Another note people might not realize is that both the Bills and Bucks in their respective conferences are currently sitting in that seventh spot right now, teetering on the brink of a playoff spot. And you don't think that in your brain about the Buffalo Bills because of all of our preconceived notions coming into the season, which raises the question, trade deadline right around the corner coming up next Tuesday. You just talk about Von Miller and where is he really at and the issues that they have in their secondary defensively like if they want to really make a push in the AFC do they have to go out and get somebody because I think the answer is yes I think they have to get somebody but I don't know who they get you know who's going to give them a really good player where are they getting a player you know they're a zone concept team they struggle if they get to play man-to-man they're not going to win those they have to win with pressure you know would that would would washington trade them trace young would that make them better can they afford them no not really they only have about two million dollars worth of cap room right now they'd have to clear some room to do it i'm sure they're going to try to make a move but look they don't even have a second tight end on the roster we haven't even talked about that with can with 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 dawson knox going to ir and their other tight end hurt. I mean, they don't have, they only have one healthy tight end, and that's Dalton Kincaid. Now, I'm sure they're going to bring someone up, but they don't really have anybody else. So they're kind of stuck into three receivers, and their third receiver 
isn't exactly lighting the world yeah. on fire. I mean, they got Gabe Davis and Diggs. Diggs is going to get double covered. And I think, Sean, to whatever you might want to think about Todd Bowles as a, as a head coach, as a defensive coordinator, he's pretty good, especially in the underdog role. Well, and I've been talking to, I was talking to Elliot before the show started, our producer today, about how with the Bills receiving game, it feels like in a lot of instances, they've been just trying to force feed Stefan Diggs, which, yeah, obviously he's your top weapon, and I understand that. But you also need to try to get some other guys involved in order for this offense to work properly. And like, especially in the first half, we talk about these slow starts. I feel like that's actually been a little bit problematic. You're like, okay, we've got to make sure we get Diggs, get his touches, get him involved. But then if he's the only only guy you're going to that kind of eliminates the opportunity for anything else offensively to happen I, I hate that we went through this segment so quick already and that we have to hit the break um, but okay the Bills and Bucks two teams obviously trying to get back on track tonight another team that is looking to figure things out and get right the San Francisco 49ers who after a 5-0 start have dropped their last two games it wasn't Purdy and they might not have Purdy this coming weekend as they get set for the Cincinnati Bengals we'll be right back From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now and get access to everything we do through May 1st. Only $120 bucks 
at vsin.com slash subscribe. In about 15 minutes, Mike Somich, vsin host, will join us like he does every week. Get some of his favorite bets for Thursday night football in the Sunday slate. Also, end of hour two, the final half hour of the program. We are back to our Mike Palm Thursdays, VP of Operations here at Circa Resort yes. Casino. We'll get Palms pressing three in here. But uh, Michael, yesterday, after we got off the air, a few yeah. interesting news items around the National Football League coming through, most notably, at least for me personally, and I'm sure for a lot of betters out there that are invested in 49ers this week, um, San Francisco is going to be likely without quarterback Brock Purdy this week. Kyle Shanahan telling reporters yesterday that he's in concussion protocol after experiencing symptoms on the plane back home from Minnesota, got him checked out. And what's important to note about this specifically is that no player this season have we seen that goes into the concussion protocol during game week being able to play that week. In fact, we haven't seen a quarterback do so since week six last year when it was Kenny Pickett. They are taking these concussions very, very seriously. And with that, the point spread immediately was impacted here for this 49ers Bengals game from five and a half that the 49ers were laying now to three and a half and a slight change in the total as well from 45 to 43 and a half but for you how big of an impact is this as we go from most likely Brock Purdy to now Sam Darnold well I think what it does is it reinforces they've got to run the football last week they had 28 carries for 43 yards the taking out the 17 yard run that uh that Purdy had against them. I mean, they didn't run the ball against the Minnesota's team, and that really affects Kyle's ability to call plays and run his play-action game and make it easy for the quarterback. And, you know, you can see, I saw it on Twitter this morning, you can see the hit that on the quarterback sneak that he got a helmet-to-helmet, mm-hmm. and, you know, he still played, and then I guess he had the headache afterwards. So I do think it was. I thought this line was a little bit uh, underinflated, actually, because I think if, you know, you take two plays out of San Francisco's season – the missed field goal and the stupid call at the end of the half, and they're undefeated, but you can't take them out, right? And so when you look at this Bengal team, the last we saw of them, when they were playing, they even though they beat Seattle, as you know, anyone who had a Seattle ticket, just the, they got ripped off. They couldn't play in the red zone. They were able to get pressure in the red zone, and they and they did it. And everybody, the, the line after that, you hear from everybody that likes the Bengals as well. After the bye last year, they came back and played yeah. really well. Okay, I got that. They got 214 yards against Seattle at home last week. 214. They haven't had a 100-yard. They're like the Raiders. They haven't had a 100-yard rushing game ever. Seattle had 384 yards against them. Seattle moved the ball up and down the field until they got to the 20. Like I, I think this number's a little bit on the wrong end. I love Joe Burrow. Look, I think Joe Burrow's great. I've seen, I've read all the numbers about Joe Burrow, about how, you know, as a dog and all that. But what I'm worried about isn't Joe Burrow. I'm worried about their offensive line. Yeah. I'm worried about them blocking a really good defensive front. And I don't like bad lines. You know, I have a rule. Bad lines don't travel. Yep. Yep. And and just speaking to Joe Burrow, he did speak to media yesterday. He said continuing to rehab throughout the bye. He feels 100 percent right now. If you're getting hit because that offensive line isn't holding up, probably not going to feel 100 percent for very much longer. But I think for a lot of people, though, when you if, if for people out there who do like Cincinnati this week, the point that you made, of course, about Cincinnati coming out of the bye, but also probably seeing some of the numbers that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were able to put up against the defense and largely making a guy like Nick Bosa a non-factor. I wonder if there are some things that Cincinnati could pick up and say, like, well, we have Jamar Chase. Could Jamar Chase do what Jordan Addison did? Could T. Higgins come along? And if that line does hold up, could they capitalize on some of the things that Minnesota did last week? 
Well, I think with the tape that you're, they're going to watch more than any tape of all will be the tape last year when Steve Wilkes was the head coach in, in Carolina and Carolina went back in there and played. You know, and, and basically they destroyed. They put 464 yards on Carolina's defense, scored 42 points, and this was before the bye week, and they, play, and they won the game. And their defense was playing really well at that game. That game was over at halftime. So uh, that's the tape. Wilkes will watch a ton. That's the tape the Bengals will watch a ton because Wilts will want to see how they attacked him, how they played it, what he did. Now they're two different teams. Obviously, since he's not as good offensively, you know, San Francisco is much better than Carolina defensively. So there'll be some of those adjustments. But the theme of the game will go along that. I think we don't spend enough time talking about that. Like there's a game this week, Indianapolis playing New Orleans, right? everybody's forgotten that Gardner Minshew was the starting quarterback at Philadelphia last year. Shane Steichen was the starting quarterback at Philadelphia, uh, starting offensive coordinator. Dennis Allen went into Philly and what held him to 10 points. I mean, it was a, it, that was a game was over as good as Philly was. They destroyed, they won that game handily. And that game plan will carry over into this game plan in New Orleans and Indianapolis. So I think you got to really pay attention to these last games. Now, the personnel's different, but how you want to attack them, I think it kind of does a favor for Steve Wilkes to know, okay, this is when they're operating good, this is what they want to do. Yeah, that's one thing I think you do a better job than almost anybody at breaking down is the coordinator matchups and previous success. Uh, to go back real quickly to the Sam Darnold of it all, his head coach Kyle Shanahan spoke yesterday to the confidence that he has in Sam. I have as much confidence as Sam as I could have with someone that I haven't gone into a real NFL game with. Uh, he was great in the offseason. He's been great here in these seven weeks um, so far, and um, he's always ready to go. He's great in the meetings and stuff. He doesn't get many reps, as no backups do, but uh, he does it well in the scout team. He's always good in the meetings. And, you know, we got mainly walkthrough today, so Brock's allowed to do some of the walkthrough. And we got a couple of periods that aren't, so Sam will get those periods. And Michael, I remember this offseason when, I mean, the 49ers went out and got him that very first opening day of free agency, right? Yep. Like they targeted him. They wanted him for a reason. They, throughout training camp, decided that he's going to be our number two guy and we have no problem shipping off the player that we drafted number three overall because Sam's going to do a great job behind him. So I think that that, again, just like speaks to the fact that San Francisco thinks that Sam Darnold can do a good job facilitating this offense. Yeah, I mean, I think too much is made. I mean, look, they, they were prepared to play Sam Darnold in the month of September if Purdy wasn't able to recover as quickly as he did with his arm. When they made that move, that move wasn't because they were going to see how it works out with Lance. They knew where Lance was. They already knew that. Like, they knew that. They made their decision. When, when they signed Darnold, they already knew where they were with Lance. The media and, the, and Twitter can make up their own stories, but that's a fact. And that's why they traded him, because they knew where it was. And they were hoping he would bring more value than he did if he played well in the preseason. It didn't happen. So, look, I think to me, they have faith. And he has complete faith in Donald. He's got good movement. Uh, I think the key for them, as always, will always be the key. This isn't whether it's Donald, whether it's Garoppolo, or whether it's Purdy, is they've got to run the football and play from in front. That's San Francisco's football team to a T. If they don't do that, then all of a sudden it becomes really difficult for them, even as good as they are. Remember, what, what the stat that I keep handing out, when they're down by seven or more points, Kyle doesn't come back in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's the key. Last week they had their lowest rushing output of the season. They ran for 65 yards. 
that there it is. They like they have to be able to run the football. They have to be able. They're fourth in the league in calling run plays. Meanwhile, the Washington football team is 32nd because they don't believe in it. They want their quarterback to get killed. That's a whole other story. Um, another major injury that I'll at least update people on right now, and we can revisit again at the end of the hour after we have our conversation with Mike Somich. But Tyreek Hill missed practice yesterday dealing yeah, with a hip one. injury. Oh and we're not accustomed to seeing him miss practice and miss time. And we'll we'll play the comments from Tua a little bit later. But it sounds like it could be more serious than we initially believed. Yeah, I mean, look, look, this is he is the guy that everything is set around Hill. I mean, Waddle's a good player. Waddle's got back spasms, too. He had back spasms. Now, he says he's going to play. But you take Hill out of the equation, all of a sudden, it's a different game. It's a completely different game. You don't need to play three across at the top. You don't have to worry about the deep over. You can play man-to-man, and you can play man from press. I mean, the whole game changes completely. You can pressure two or more because you're not worried about getting beat on zero coverage. Because if you play zero coverage, like, and, you know, they, he's going to throw it over your head. So this is a big one. This will, they will have a hard time winning games against anyone if he's not on the field, including this week and next week when they go, to camp, when they go over to Germany. Michael, how often do we talk on this program about defensive coordinators and players that like puts fear in a defensive coordinator? Tyreek Hill yep. is that guy. He's that weapon. And it absolutely changes the look of things from that standpoint. And again, like I said, we'll revisit this topic a little bit later because I think there's more that we can dive into from that standpoint. A lot more news and notes around the National Football League to discuss. But when we return here on the program, Beeson Zone, Mike Somich, professional handicapper, he's going to join us, get his best bets for Thursday Night Football coming up tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going head-to-head with the Buffalo Bills and some more items on the NFL Sunday slate. We'll be right back on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. College basketball is about to tip off, and now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. This year's guide includes Matt Eumann's top 25 rankings. Who could be this season's Florida Atlantic? All 32 conferences previewed. Wooden Award candidates, futures, and season-long prop bets. The only way to get the guide, though, is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. If you sign up now for just $120, you get access to VEASAN Pro everything we do until May 1st. That's all college basketball season long, March Madness, and beyond for just $120. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. That's also where you can find all the great content, pick selections, um, video access to everything we do here at vcin, which includes content from our guy, Mike Somich, who joins us here on the Lombardi line now. vcin, host of The Handle every weekend from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern, professional handicapper. Mike, let's start with Thursday night football because Michael and I talked already off the top that as this number continues to move in favor of the Buffalo Bills, it feels like it's got to be more of a fade of Tampa than a bet on Buffalo because what have they done over the last three weeks to believe that they should be laying nine, ten points against anybody? Yeah, it sure feels that way. I'm surprised this number is moving so aggressively. We got to that 10 number. It may be just some teaser protections from the books, but once you get to nine and a half, you don't really need to worry about that quite as much. And you mentioned it, this Buffalo team has been pretty bad the last three weeks. If you look at their defense, they were top five, pretty much any metric you look at weeks one through four. If you look in PFF, DVOA, win rate, whatever you want, this was a top five defense. 
They lose White. They mo- lose Mabilano. Ed Oliver's out of the lineup. You look at their stats from week five to seven, say bottom five defense in the NFL. They have really struggled, and that includes games against the New England Patriots and the New York Giants. Not exactly two offenses that light up the scoreboard. So this is a spot where Buffalo really trying to get right, and they're facing a Tampa team that's struggling right now as well. They have not been able to put points up on the board. Tough loss last weekend. It'd be interesting to see how Tampa responds here. Some injuries. We know Baker looks like he's going to play. Looks like it's just pain tolerance really with that knee. To me, this is a spot where both offenses should have a very good shot at putting points on the board. Michael mentioned it earlier in the show. This is a Buffalo defense giving up over five yards per rush. Tampa should have some success on the ground, something they've not had more recently. And that should open up the passing game. There's really not much in the middle here that I expect Buffalo be able to do to stop this Tampa Bay offense. It's really whether or not Baker is going to stop himself in a big spot. You look at the other side here. So Buffalo offenses should be able to move the football. The loss of Dawson Knox, really interesting in this spot. They, they ran the fourth most rush plays out of two tight end sets. They don't have two tight ends to put out there. That means that they're going to have to go through the air and go specifically to that three wide, the 11 personnel. I think that's going to open up the passing offense for Buffalo. I expect them to have success as well here too. So I'm looking at the over here. It's sitting at 43 and a half right now. I'll take the over on that total. And I mentioned the Buffalo offense and how I expect them to come out and play. If you're going to see a lot of this 11 personnel, a lot of the three wide sets, I expect them to throw the football here against this Bucks team. Josh Allen's total for passing yards sitting at 263 and a half right now. He's gone over that total in five of the seven games. The two spots he didn't, one was a blowout. The other was that horrific Giants game on Sunday night. I think he gets over that passing total of 263 and a half as well. I think we're going to see some points here on a Thursday night game. Not going to touch the side because I, I can't lay 10 with Buffalo right now. I don't know how anybody can. I really can't. I mean, in the contest that the Lions just came out, it's nine and a half. I, I don't I don't get my hand head around this Buffalo. I, I think it's an anti-Tampa play because of May, uh, Mayfield not playing so well. Didn't play well against Arizona. But these receivers, I mean, Buffalo has a hard time covering. You mentioned 5.3 yards per carry. I mean, they don't they don't really stop anybody. And unless they get pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be a long day. I mean, look, New England, which is not an explosive offense, took that ball down in under two minutes and put it in the end zone. Yeah, it's something that that we had seen Mac Jones struggle with, too. He'd not exactly been someone who's been clutch. And so to see them go down and, and be able to no. punch it in versus just kick that field goal, I thought was really telling of what you expect from a Buffalo defense. And that was in a divisional game where you have to be up for that point if you're trying to play, fight for a playoff spot. So that was, to me, a, a really, really rough sign here for Buffalo. And when you look at the number, I mean, if you look at the preseason, what everyone had for priors, that nine and a half number kind of makes sense. And I, Buffalo's obviously been downgraded quite a bit from what people had in the preseason. I would say Tampa's about what you would expect. And so when you look at that, to me, this is this is dog or pass, which is, is crazy to say mm-hmm. with Tampa and Buffalo, because not exactly the position I thought I'd be here heading into this Thursday night game. Yeah. Here with VEASAN host and handicapper Mike Somich joining us on the Lombardi line. To recap, Josh Allen over his passing yards and for the game over that 43 and a half. Let's look ahead to the Sunday card because there's a lot of options to pick from. And I found this interesting. You do not care that Mike Tomlin has the best winning percentage against the spread as a home underdog. You are laying it with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to die on my Pittsburgh Steelers are not good hill here. Um, Look, you look at them. They're four and two right now. They should be one in five, most likely, when you actually look and watch the games. I mean, two of the faultiest wins we've seen on the entire schedule a couple weeks ago against Baltimore. They should have lost that game. You go back to the Rams game. I mean, it was nine to three at half. 
it probably should have been 16 to nothing. The only points came off a missed field goal. They drove the ball 25 yards, got a field goal of their own. We saw the missed extra point for, for the Rams. And then that turnover right out of the half, all of a sudden makes it a 10, nine game. There's some voodoo magic going on with Pittsburgh and we've seen it in the past. We saw them with that, that faulty 11 and 0 record a couple years ago. This four and two record to me is right around there as well. Yes. They're getting a little bit more healthy. They came out of the bye, played well against the Rams, I guess in the second half, but this is still a team I'm looking to fade right now. Uh, Jacksonville, they're playing better. They're starting to get things in gear. I'm a little worried because this is one of those spots where Jacksonville seems to find ways to shoot themselves in the foot and Pittsburgh just has the biggest rabbit foot I've ever seen. But this is going to go to three by kickoff. I want to lock in the Jacksonville minus two and a half now because I do think they are the better team. And at some point, you have to regress to the mean with this Pittsburgh team. And they're not going to be able to continue to pull out these games where they really have no business in winning them. You know, but but when you the longer that game went, look, I was on Pittsburgh last week, and and it might be a situation where you get bit again if you go too many times down with Pittsburgh. But I mean, Stafford in the second half has not been good, and you know Lawrence. I mean, he was really good. Everybody said he was hurt last week, and he was really good. But I think when you look at this, when you see. When they play against good teams, Jacksonville, sometimes, you know, especially especially the head coach, Peterson, I mean, when he's against, uh, as he's an underdog, great. You know, I think he's 32 and 23 as a dog. Favorite, 26 and 31. Mike Tomlin at home, I, I don't know how. I, I, I admire you, Mike. I really do. I admire <laughs> you. I, for going against Tomlin, I would either not play it or pick Tomlin. But the other one I, I want to talk to you about is your two-game teaser. You're going to take Detroit, tease them down, and you are going to take uh, – who else? You, the oh, Chargers, Brandon down. Staley. The, the, your the Lions and the Chargers. Your yeah. favorite guy, the, the Michael. Boy Genius, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to tease the Boy Genius down. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the Lions here. Look, I, I had them ranked lower than I think most of the world heading into last week. I thought that should have been a four and a half game for uh, for Baltimore. So that was that was one of the nicer plays for me last week. And I, it kind of felt like it was just a spot where we were going to see them collapse a little bit. But when you go back and look at the schedule now, this sets up well for them to be able to bounce back uh, They're They are returning home on a, on a Monday night. They're much better inside that dome. They get a Raiders team, which uh, is all world's a mess right now. I don't want to lay the full eight and a half, but I do like taking it down to six or to two and a half here in a six point teaser. The other game here, the chargers and the bears uh, look the, the Tyson actually story. Great story. But generally that first week, you do see some success from those quarterbacks. There's no tape on them. Now there's a little bit of tape on them. And this bears team is still an absolutely atrocious team. This feels like a must win game for the chargers at home. If they want to have any chance of salvaging the se- salvaging the season here, starting out just two and four, to me, this is just a significantly better Chargers team. Now, I don't trust this Chargers team to win by margin whatsoever. And that's why I'm teasing this thing down to minus two and a half, because I do expect them to be able to win. But I don't want to ever be giving more than a touchdown with the Chargers team, because them winning by 14 just seems wild to me right now. So I'll go with the teaser here with two teams I think are very likely to win and both really need this game here to kind of write with the ship. And to your point, you get through yeah, both do. of those key numbers to the seven and the three. So make sure you shop around and you're getting the best number from that standpoint. 90 seconds here. Uh, we saw Deshaun Watson already ruled out on a Wednesday that P.J. Walker is going to go ahead and be the starting quarterback for the Browns. And that defense struggled last week, but we think that they are an elite group. How are you breaking down the Browns as they face the Seahawks this weekend? 
So I, I read an article for vcin.com, comes out every Monday or Tuesday, gives one look ahead line. This under was my look ahead. I played it at under 40 and a half. We're sitting at 38 now. I would still take the under. I think you got to look back at that San Francisco game where San Francisco played Cleveland. They beat each other up. And we saw the results of that last week where both of the defenses struggled. I think you're going to see a much better effort here from this Cleveland defense. And Seattle's defense is sneaky good. Watch out for this team as they get better and better. I love Wooten and Witherspoon on the outside. Wagner came in, being able to stop the run. And this is a Seattle team that struggled in the red zone. It's something that the Browns are usually very good at. I think they're going to be able to hold them to field goals this week. 38 low total. I think think this still game still goes lower. I wouldn't play it any lower than this 38, but I expect both defenses to be able to dominate here in uh, Seattle. I, I'm telling you, they are the team that's sneaky to me right now. If Geno Smith can figure it out with this offense. They can get healthy on the offensive line. They could be a sleeper in the NFC. Yeah, and that'll be a, a key factor yeah, for can. sure moving forward. Michael and I have talked a lot about Geno's struggles this year. Mike, appreciate you. You're awesome. Thanks, Mike. Great job. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Good luck. You as well. And again, make sure you check out the handle on VEASAN and DraftKings Network every weekend, 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. And at Samabom18 on X is where you can follow our guy, Mike Samich. We will be right back in return. Some of that Tyreek Hill news and his hip. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the NBA season officially underway, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 in pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can also get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Tony hanging out with you on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. And uh, Michael, I don't know if you got to see any of Victor Wembignana's debut yesterday, but I know a lot, of, a lot of sports bettors are mad that they didn't cash the over on points, blocks, rebounds. What they should have taken was over on fouls, if you could get it in turnovers. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. like you didn't have an opportunity to hit any of those numbers because he was in foul trouble. 
Well, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, like I was watching Chet Holmgren, too. I mean, you know, like these guys, they're, they're, the game's a little different than what they're used to. It takes time. I mean, they're young players, right? And, uh, I mean, I saw Andre Drummond just just beat him off the dribble, you know? And so, like, I'm talking about Chet Holmgren, not, not, not yeah. Victor. So, look, it's early in the season. It's going to take some time. But you can just see the immense talent in the player. It's going to be fun to watch him. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy when you think a guy his size has some point guard handles and is pulling up for three. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be uh, an exciting season to see him get underway. But let's get back to the NFL, Michael, and continue a conversation we had a little bit earlier in the show about star wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, Tyree Kill. He missed practice yesterday with a hip injury. We did see him briefly leave the game on Sunday to the Philadelphia Eagles. He was able to return, ended up finishing with 88 yards, a touchdown on 11 catches. But now this raises the question about his availability moving forward. Let's take a listen to his quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa, talking about how you make up for the absence of Tyree Kill if he does miss Sunday's game against New England. Yeah, I don't think anyone can can emulate uh, what Tyreek does on the field. His speed, um, his cuts in and out of breaks. I, I don't think there's anyone that can emulate him. He's he's in his own league. He's one of a kind. You know, if if we couldn't have Tyreek, that would be you know tough. But the show goes on. You got to continue to play. And uh, somewhere down the line, we're gonna get Tyreek back. And you know, it has to be one of those things where you never let your foot off the gas and you don't lose. Uh, that rhythm as a team or as a unit. So I think that last little bit where he says somewhere down the line, somewhere we're going to get Tyreek is like, that's what is the cause for concern. And then as we're listening to that, Michael, we see on Twitter that Tyreek Hill is back on the practice field today. Now in what capacity we're unsure right now. So a very, very good sign, but I still think like hearing your quarterback say that and use that verbiage yeah. is a little uncomfortable. If I'm somebody that likes the dolphins this week. Well, I mean, look, the line hasn't moved. I mean, it's if anything, it's moved. It, 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 it right, it opened up at you know twelve and a half. I mean, the look ahead, it's eight and a half, and there's still nines. There's some nine and a halfs out there, so it's all over. If he wasn't playing, I think this line goes at least a point down, and it does. And the book would adjust it. The circle lines just came out again, using the circle lines as a point mm-hmm. of reference only, and that line's nine and a half. So, you know, Circa, I think it fully anticipates him playing. Circa doesn't anticipate Purdy playing. That line's at three and a half. Great. So if Purdy's announced to play, they're two two points behind. So that's why you always want to look at these contest lines because they project to Sunday. Perfect example is is the Falcons-Titans. That's a three-point line. There's still some two and a halves out there. Right. The Eagles never got to seven. It stayed at six and a half. They're trying to get you to take they're trying to get you to take the Eagles. They want Washington money. So there's some of these lines that are a little bit that are all predicated on the one that I was surprised was the the Rams at six and a half in the contest here. There's six everywhere. But I think they think there's going to be Dallas money come on Sunday. And Michael, as I'm, you know, scrolling through Twitter here, trying to find some videos of Tyreek Hill at practice, he's dancing around. He looks like he's being normal, at least what I'm seeing from beat reporters right now. Normal, high intensity cutting during drills. So certainly a good sign after the scare yesterday. And, you know, perfect timing that we brought this up on the show because now we're seeing all this. And I think that's that's great stuff for Tyreek Hill, because as we mentioned earlier, he is he is a weapon that makes the offense different when he is on the field for an opposing defensive coordinator. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I think to me, you know, usually with these guys that, you know, Tyreek's a unique guy because he has a track build. He has a track uh, kind of, not personality, he has a track game, but he has a football personality. And so usually when these guys get a little nicked, you can kind of tell, right? You know, they're like, you know, just a little bit. And you could, I never felt like he was hurting at the game. I never felt like he was in jeopardy of not finishing that game is what I should say. Yeah. Good news all around. Uh, current NFL leader, of course, in receiving yards right now. He has not missed a game since being traded to Miami in 2022 and hopefully on track to be back out there this Sunday against New England. And, and I just, as we said this, I just got an alert. Jimmy Garoppolo, this was alert from from a, a service, not from my son who's sick. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is pass has been allowed, has been cleared, and they fully expect him to play on Sunday. Very on Monday big night, news. Excuse me. Very, very big yes. news, Michael. After missing this past week, and we had to get the Brian Hoyer experience. And unfortunately, he comes yeah. out. Aiden O'Connell comes in. So get your starter back. Um, what do you think the concern will be with Jimmy Garoppolo and that back then, in terms of just mobility and how he operates at the position? No, I don't think he'll have any. I don't. I Good. think a lot of it was was precautionary. I think he'll be fine. I think he was waiting for. I think what they were concerned with there was internal bleeding, and so when that's why they rushed him to the hospital. And since there wasn't that, you know, then it became okay. Can we clear him? This wasn't a concussion or anything like that. Look, Jimmy's got to stay healthy. They yeah. they don't. You know, they cannot move the ball without Jimmy staying healthy. The challenge will be this week in Detroit is can they stop Detroit? You know, they, can they they can they stop Detroit? I thought it was interesting. Cole Komet said this too, and it looked to me like that. I don't know if you watched the game, but Cole Komet said they looked like they were really slow on the field, looked like they were exhausted, and they did. I thought they were they tackled poorly in the game. I don't think it was because they practiced too much. I just didn't think they were sharp at all in, in terms of their ability to play uh, fast. And they, you know, and they're going to have to play fast this week in order to even keep the game close with Detroit. Yep, Raiders getting eight on the road on Monday night out there against the Lions. Another practice update, Michael. Kyler Murray has been listed as a full participant at Cardinals practice this week. Um, there have been reports that Arizona wants to play Kyler this season despite the financial risk that would come with him getting hurt. And that's something we've talked about a lot on this show. If I, like, if I know I've said, if I'm the Cardinals, I probably don't want to bring Kyler back this year because if he plays and get it, gets injured, that automatically locks in the 20 whatever million dollars of guaranteed money in March if he can't pass his physical. How are you looking at this from Arizona's standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play him. I mean, I, I would want to keep all my options open. I, I think playing him also lowers his trade value. Look, somebody's going to give you something for him. If, the, if you want to trade them. So I think to me, you lower the value of them if he goes out there and he doesn't look sharp or if he can't really move around. Now, maybe if he goes out there and plays good, you still want to trade him, you really increase his value. So it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. But to me, my, my sense of it is, is I would not want to risk the injury. I would not want to risk being on the hook for that skill and injury that could kick in next year. Because look, Let's face it. We can say whatever we want about Deshaun Watson. There's no escaping that contract. At least the Cardinals have an escape in this one in terms of the way they set it up. The Cleveland Browns have no escape. They're on the hook for $63 million the next three years. They can't get away from it.
So, Michael, with the Cardinals, then, if these reports end up being true and they do want to go ahead and get Kyler back on the field this year, what is the organization telling us then? Are they telling us that they don't they don't want to quit and give up on Kyler Murray, that they want him to still be the guy? They'll work it out maybe as a newfound mindset with a new coaching staff. Is that the way that we need to take that and that when the draft comes, they're not going to be interested in looking elsewhere? Yeah, I think what it tells us is they want to know. I think they, they're saying, look, we're a new staff. We want to see what you bring to the table. You know, we're a new staff. We want to, we're going to make an evaluation on our own. Prove it to us that you're worth this contract. I think that's what they're saying. Mm. I think they're saying, look, we, we've heard all the stories. Here's what we know. We're going to let you decide. And, and to Kyler's credit, because obviously the big criticism, and there are many about Kyler throughout his young career, is that he hasn't been a leader and that he's not doing the homework and that there's the attitude and maturity stuff. But I say credit him because at least what we've heard from him lately is that being away from the game has maybe changed his perspective, made him miss it a little bit. Maybe having this new coaching staff, there's uh, a newfound energy about him that he is motivated and interested and wants to be there. I think that would be a positive for the organization because he's, he's clearly very talented right it's the other stuff that's been the problem more than anything else I mean the fundamental question you have to ask is can we get to where we want to go is he good and we're overpaying for good and I talked about this a lot on the Dale, on, on the GM shuffle today or is he going to lead us to where we need to go that's the fundamental question I think they overpaid for good I don't think they paid for great and the Cardinals currently in the two spot for this coming NFL draft, second worst record in the National Football League right now. We're going to step aside here, resetting for hour two on the Lombardi line when we return, continuing to preview Thursday night football as well as a number of line moves on the Sunday slate coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 